This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Andy, thanks for joining us on Grand Final Week. Now, word on the street is you are a huge Parramatta fan, so when we talk about the Grand Final a little bit later on, there is, there is only one eye patch, right? Parramatta fans, probably the wrong term. Parramatta tragic. Tragic <laughs> is probably the more correct term, mate. I, uh, as, a, as a little fella, um, was brought home to uh, the house by my mother and father. It was 10 minutes from Parramatta Stadium and lived there all my childhood life. Uh, we would ride down our BMX bikes to the old Cumberland Stadium, then the Parramatta Stadium, uh, very regularly and uh, blue and gold through and through and have never um, have never backed away from that. I've actually, you know, a, a lot of my career I've sort of encouraged the banter that I am an Eels fan and, and I'm one of the very few commentators that, that have actually come out and said, yeah, of course I support a side. Uh, you got to support a side to, to be a fanatic and to, to, to do this job and I'm an Eels guy. Who were your heroes growing up? Uh, the heroes growing up, I was lucky enough to, to grow up throughout that wonderful era of the early to mid-80s with the Eels. So if I could have been Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny, Ray Price, Mick Cronin, you know, and the list goes on, I I would have been. They were, they were my heroes. Um, and as a, a young early teen watching those guys do their thing, yeah, it certainly shaped my rugby league uh, knowledge and passion towards the blue and gold. Did it ever make you want to play, though? Mate, I, I played as a junior, but one of those uh, many, many thousands <laughs> that uh, got close, uh, just not good enough, played all the junior representative down at Parramatta, but just not good enough to, to make the top grade um, and would have absolutely loved to, which is why I've always said, mate, there is no such thing as a bad first grader. And we, we the advent of social media, it's pretty easy to go on and, and tear some of these kids a new one and say how bad they are and they're this and they, they're that. They're elite just to get there. No one gets there by fluke and there is no such thing in my mind, as a bad first grader. Well, you almost echo the words of Nico Hines in his Delhi M Awards speech last night where he suggested that, and he paid homage to all the all the little clubs he'd, he'd been in, all the, the route that he took through Q Cup, and he said, you know, yep. and, and he said, try so hard. If you want to be there, you can be here like I am. And he said five years ago, I was looking at the stage saying, wouldn't it be great if that was me? And I, I don't think I've heard a better speech in a long, long time from a, a Dallium Award winner uh, giving giving back in a sunny way and, and, and taking the, the, uh, the attention off himself. He's a remarkable young man, and I've had 
the pleasure and privilege of, of knowing and being mates with Nico since his under 20 days at Manly. And he was a, he was a young number six then, short hair, big body, and very, very talented. And I could never understand why he wasn't picked up and he ended up in the Q Cup. He ended up, um, you know, uh, a journeyman, basically given an opportunity by the Melbourne Storm. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful example of a, a young man with a good head on his shoulders, tough upbringing, really tough upbringing. And it's not for me to tell his story. He'll tell it at some stage when he's right. But a, a really tough upbringing, and he, he has done it the hard way. And the levels of maturity and mm. the level of how grounded he is is just awesome. He is, in my eyes, one of the ultimate ambassadors for rugby league. Which, for me, has just popped out out of nowhere because it was Nico Hines, and he was sort of down the pecking order at the Melbourne Storm, and then he's bought as a marquee player by the very intelligent yeah. Craig Fitzgibbon and has brought the best out of him. So it's it's really, I, I suppose it's the worst cliche you could say, but it's, in a funny way, it's a rags-to-riches type of story, isn't it? it? Mate, it very much is. And I'll tell you what, this may sound like a silly call on uh, the outside. I, th- I think Melbourne have stuffed up. I really do. Uh, I think Nick Hines could have been their six or their one uh, long-term. Now, I think Cameron Munster will be leaving the Melbourne Storm. And Ryan Pappenhausen, who I've known since four years of age, he went to school with my kids, <laughs> is a um, is a wonderful footballer, but injuries find him. And, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. He, he's, he's not a big frame, but injuries find him. And, and I think Ryan over the years will be seen as as the guy with unlimited potential that just wasn't able to put a full season together, Uh, which means, you know, those two not playing 25 games a year where Nico has a certain level of consistency uh, and improvement left in him, I think Melbourne really regret letting Nico Hines go. Well, he was a, a deserving recipient of the 2022 Delhi M Award, as was, I thought, Isaiah Yo as Captain of the Year. I liken him, for Kiwi listeners, uh, to Simon Mannering. Softly spoken, yeah. doesn't really like the media, and every time he puts on that jersey, you get 110% out of him. You know exactly what you're going to get and when you're going to get it from Isaiah Yo. Uh, a guy, as you said, I don't know if it's, he doesn't like the media, but he'd just rather be playing footy. Uh, he's a he's a he's a really basic country kid, and I say that respectfully. But he's just a basic country kid, and this big city bright lights thing is uh, is very overwhelming for some of these kids. I think he's fulfilling his duties as an ambassador really well. I think he's talking really well to the media, expressing himself and handling himself really well. I thought. I thought he was a, a wonderful uh, choice as captain of the year. In fact, I can't go past any of the recipients last night and really mount a challenge to say they don't deserve that. I think they all deserved it. Yeah, there was a few unlucky guys within the room, but um, by and large, I, I think uh, the voting system, which is often maligned, often maligned, <laughs> I think it got it right. 
All right, let's 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 move on to the the big dance. Uh, Parramatta. Many of uh, the experts are saying Parramatta by two, Parramatta by four, and Clint Gutherson wins the Clive Churchill Medal. How do you see it? I think you'll know within the first five minutes, and that's oh, a that that's could a make a it a long seventy-five, trend. mate. That could make it a long seventy-five. Yeah, it it does. Um, and as a as a guy that continues to watch each and every game. Uh, of rugby league that there is and, and studies it and, and studies form. With Parramatta, you know, if they're up for the physical battle within the first five minutes, if they're up for it, it's game on. If they're not up for it and they get jammed in the first five, ten minutes, it's going to be a long old evening if you're wearing a para jersey. Um, so many times throughout this year, the Eels' focus from uh, detractors has been on Oh, Mike Acevo is not ready, or Will Penasini can't tackle, or Wanga Blake can't catch a bomb. It comes down to the two front rowers, Regan Campbell, Gillard, and Junior Paulo. Mate, there is a statistic for everything, and I think in the modern day with sports science the way it is, statistics the way it is, we overcomplicate what is a really simple game. And that was the simple game that you know our vintage grew up watching. You hold the ball more than your opposition and you bash the opposition more than they bash you. And if you do those two things, guess what's going to happen? You're going to win the bloody game of footy. (laughs) And they've thrown in Nathan Brown. He's come from back from the wilderness. And I wonder, is that going to be that that little bit of extra for them? Uh, Yeah, I I think it will. I I think Nathan Brown starts. I uh, I think there'll be a change. I think Nathan Brown will start in place of Ryan Madison at lock, and I think he'll have a target on Nathan Cleary. I think at the end, uh, tackle number five every time the Panthers play the ball. I think Reid Marnie and Nathan Brown will be a marker, meaning they're closest to Nathan Cleary. And I think they put him on his, his A55 each and every time for the first five or six kicks. Just to let him know, you don't have any time today. We're here and we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, you, you do that because there's one player that has, I don't think, has played up to expectation. I think we've discussed this, and that's Jerome Luai. And and that's what scares me. If if they look after Cleary, Luai might just explode at the right time. Yeah, I think there's a bit of pressure on Jerome. I think he's... Um, I think he's struggled a little bit in his comeback from injury. I don't think he's had a great year. I don't think he had a great state of origin. Sure, very talented kid, and uh, and still, and he's a kid. He really is. Uh, you know, these are young men we're talking about, not not established campaigners. Um, so there is going to be a bit of pressure on him. But history says if you shut down Nathan, you also shut down Jerome, and to an effect. Dylan Edwards, the fullback, because he is so reliant on those two guys not making the break, but creating the break. And that's where Dylan Edwards has come into his own. You know, there is one player they're not talking about in Clive Churchill Medal, and you can correct me completely if I'm wrong. It was a former Warrior, former Manly, who didn't look great. At Parramatta, he has become a different player. Sean Lane on the edge. Playing really good footy and has timed his run just perfectly and how much of this is in the timing with the Parramatta Reels uh, yeah. you know really interesting to see how it worked out mate I did a um, 
just veering off here yeah. a little bit, I did a podcast interview with Daily Cherry Evans uh, going back two years ago where DCE, another guy who's off on the line, uh, he spoke about when they win premierships or when they're going into origin, he sits down with a pen and paper and looks at his team and looks at the opposition team. And the only thing he's interested in is who is playing career best footy. And he goes through and he marks who's playing career best footy. And he said, if our team has got more marks playing career best footy than them, I think we win. If they've got more than us, I think it's a struggle. So as a result, Sean Lane is one that I would put a tick next to saying career best footy. And I think Parramatta, they edge Penrith on who is playing career best footy at the moment. Completely. At the M- moment. Mitchell Moses, Dylan Brown. That's 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 lightning. Yeah, exactly right. I think you could throw Will Penasini in there. I don't think Gutho's too far off. I think they're seeing the best of Regan Campbell-Gillard, Reed Marnie, Sean Lane, uh, Ryan Madison, Oregon Kafusi and Murata Niakore, who's going to be a wonderful pick-up for the Warriors. I think they all get ticks as playing career-best footy. Mate, you just named the whole squad, so uh, that, that's that's where your yeah. tra- that's where your tragic comes in. But we just have to quickly look at uh, Penrith, and the one thing that scares me, they are clinicians in this game. They will soak up as much as you throw at them, and then they will pull the switch. They will, and um, and they they get they're going to need to. Paramedic can get overly physical. Um, the Panthers maybe a little light on on size in the middle of the park, but they do have coming off the bench a guy that I think is following a very similar trajectory to Joe Tarpany in Spencer Linu, mm. who I think is going to be the best front rower in the game in four or five years. Tough. He's got a little bit of that stuff in him that you want uh, for a front rower. Um, they're, they're, they're a terrific footy side, and if they click, they're going to be you know, mate, they're going to be really hard to beat if they click. Okay, call it rationally. <laughs> uh, Parramatta by seven with a Mitch Moses field goal in the 73rd minute to secure it. Mate, I'll, I'll take that. And it's good to know that the listeners of Andy Raymond Unfiltered can, I think it's, what, episode 345, you're doing, uh, you've got a grand final edition as well. Mate, got a grand, two grand final editions this week, and it's, uh, it's a really cool look back at grand finals in history. We've got uh, Greg Alexander, Luke Lewis, Adrian Morley, Gort Tallis, uh, John Sutton, Brett Kenny talking about the 1981 grand final. We've got Stacey Jones and Kevin Campion talking about 02. We've got Anthony Minicello. A really cool week on the podcast, mate. Really proud of it. Oh, that's Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Wherever you get your podcast, check it out. And up, up, para, mate. You better believe it, because when the eels are flying, they're electrifying. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.